this message was recorded at Vision Baptist Church in Alfred, Georgia. It is our prayer that you will be blessed by the preaching of God's Word. Take your Bible, go with me to Genesis chapter 19. Did you know that you could be a good, godly man, be brokenhearted when you saw sin, and still lose your home? Did you know you could be a good, godly man, really saved, genuinely saved, and live in the middle of the worldly environment, and get so caught up in a worldly environment that it would be hard to tell you from anybody else, and you could end up losing your home, losing your daughters, losing your wife, losing your reputation, losing everything you have because you mess with sin. We're going to read a passage of Scripture tonight that I hope you'll let... Oh, I'm not even going to read it to you because it takes a long. I'm going to read through it with you. I'm going to walk you through the story, and then we're going to look at some things that you might consider for your life. But I just want you to know tonight as you listen to this that this is a perfect picture of what could happen if you take grace and you abuse grace. You'll still go to heaven. You won't lose your salvation. But we don't sin without repercussions. We don't sin without repercussions. Genesis 19, starting in verse 1, and I'll just tell you where I'm reading from, and you can kind of scan with me, because I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to read you my highlights to tell you the story. But old Lot is in Sodom, and he sits in the gate in chapter 19 and verse 1, and two angels show up. You know, I think it's probably the two angels that were just in chapter 18, and they were with Jesus in the Christology, Christophany when Jesus showed up before he was born, and he was there talking to Abraham, and now I think maybe he's gone on uh, back to the right hand of the Father. And the two angels come to Sodom, and when they do, Lot jumps up, and he runs out, and he said, Hey, come on into my house in chapter 19 and verse 2. Spend the night with me. Let me take care of you. Let me do some things. And in chapter 19 and verse 2, they said, No, we'd rather stay in the streets. In chapter 19 and verse 3, he compressed them greatly. He said, please, come on into my house. And he said, I want to fix you some food. And so after he talked to them pretty strongly and he pushed them a little bit, they came into his house. While they're at the house, in chapter 19 and verse 4, the men of Sodom come around the house and they're trying their best to get in. They say, hey, you have some men in there. Some new guys have come to town and we would like you to send them out here so we could have sex with them. We want to know them. In chapter 19 and verse 7, Lot steps outside the door, and he says to them, Brothers, my brothers, do not so wickedly. Uh, I've got two daughters that have never been with a man in their life, and I'm begging you, if you would, to take those, my girls, and you guys do anything you want to with them all night long. Don't do anything to these men. The men said to him in chapter 19 and verse 9, they said, I can't believe this. Uh, you've come here to our house. You want to make yourself, uh, to our town, you'll make yourself one of our judges. And they said, we don't want that. And they came near and they tried to break down the door. And the angels stuck their hands out. And chapter 19, verse 11, they smote the men with blindness. And uh, so the men spent all night long touching the side of the house and trying their best to get into the house. In chapter 12, the, or verse 12, the, the uh, angels say to him, A lot, do you have anybody here besides the ones we got here at the house? Do you have any son-in-laws? Do you have any sons? Do you have any daughters? Anybody, go get them all and get them here because we're going to destroy this place. So in chapter 19 and verse 14, Lot went outside. He goes down the street to where his daughters live. 
with their son-in-laws in chapter 19, verse 14, the guys who married his daughters, and he says, come on, God sent some angels down here, and he's going to destroy our city, and we've got to get out. And they looked at him, and they said, they mocked him, they laughed at him, they laughed in his face that he had come to tell them that. And so when the morning came, the angels in chapter 19, verse 15, they said to Lot, Let's get up, grab your two daughters that you got here and your wife, and let's get out so that the sin that's about to be destroyed, you don't get destroyed with it. And so they went outside the city in chapter 19 and verse 16. And he says to them, escape in verse 17 for your life. And don't stay in the plain. Don't even stay out here close to the city. Don't stay anywhere near. Get as far away as you can. And the city is about to be destroyed. Fire is about to fall out of heaven and destroy it. And Lot's been rescued. His sons-in-laws have laughed at him. And in chapter 19 and verse 18, he looks at God, looks at the angels and says, Oh, no, not so, my Lord, please. Don't make me get too far away from here. Don't make me go out to the mountaintop there, uh, away from here. If I found grace in your sight and, and you have magnified your mercy and you came down here and you saved me, please don't take me to the mountain because I might get killed up there. Chapter 19 and verse 19, I might die, something might bad might happen to you. In chapter 19 and verse 20, he says, don't you see that city? There's a little city over, it's just a little one, it's not a big one. And if you'll let me go there, my soul shall live. And so the angel said, well, you can go. And he went to the little place, a, a little town called Zoar. And the Lord reigned down in chapter 19 and verse 24. On Sodom and Gomorrah, he reigned down brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. On the way out of town in chapter 19, verse 26, his wife looks back and becomes a pillar of salt. Chapter 19 and verse 27, Abraham gets up in the morning like it's probably his custom, and he stood before the Lord and had his prayer time. Chapter 19 and verse 29, really some very sad words for me when I think about my life. God remembers not Lot, but Abraham. And he sent Lot out. It says, God remembered Abraham. Abraham, you ask. Abraham, you prayed. And I'll get Lot out of town. Well, Lot was so afraid when he got to Zoar. He was afraid even to live in the town. He was afraid to go to the mountain. And uh, it says in chapter 19, verse 30, Lot went up out of Zoar and dwelt in the mountain. And his two daughters with him. And he was afraid to dwell in Zoar. So he lived in a cave. So he and his daughters moved into a cave and while they were in the cave, the two girls began to think to themselves, nobody's ever going to want to marry us. And so they got their father to drink wine, and they got him so drunk that they had him so drunk they could lay down with him. And he didn't even know when he laid down or when they got up. And the next night they did it again, and they got him drunk again. And he didn't know it even when they went down, when he, what, what he did. And when he woke up, he had no idea what, was, what had happened. Now, I'll show you some scripture tonight, but the Bible tells me this is just Lot. This is a righteous man. He was saved. We're saved by grace. We know that. We're not under the law. And Lot was saved. And there's not a thing I can see in his life that would make me think he was saved. But somewhere along the way, because you read what the Bible says about grace, and you say, well, I'm free from the law, and some of us would get the idea, maybe I can live like I want and do what I want, and it's not important what I do, and there's no consequences to it, because basically grace would almost give me a license to sin. But that's totally not the story, because just Lot, who was vexed by the filthy conversation of the wicked, who every day his heart was troubled by all the sin he saw around him, 
Every day, though no one could sit on the outside, his heart beat to say, this isn't right. I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be in the middle of this. This is a bad place. He played with sin. By the end of chapter 19, an extremely wealthy man has no wife, has lost his daughters and his son-in-laws. I don't know if there are any grandchildren. Lost all of his riches, and his two daughters will have his babies. Hollywood can't make a movie that bad. I mean, this is a horrible chapter. And I would just like quickly to go through the story with you, and I'd like you to write down, if you want to, eight things I think you could learn from this chapter, eight things I believe that you ought to get a hold of. Father, would you deal with our hearts? Would you draw us close to you? Lord, help us as we draw out of this chapter some wonderful truths about you and some wonderful truths about our life. And help us, dear God, to take sin seriously and to not play with it. Wake us up, God. Help us never to play with sin. Help us never to think that we have the right to just mess around with sin. Help us to realize that our lack of leadership could literally destroy our families. God, I pray tonight that you'd help me to say things with the right spirit and a tender heart and love your people and help them see what you teach us in this chapter. And I'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. First thing I want you to see. Chapter 19 and verse 1, no matter how low you sink, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. No matter how low you sink, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Lot's a just man, and he's saved. And in chapter 19 and verse 1, the two angels come to Sodom. The city is about to be judged. Lot's going to lose everything he has. Lot's not been walking where he should, and Lot's going to be rescued. I would like to remind you, I showed you in chapter 19 and verse 29, it is God remembering Abraham and sending Lot out. It was another Christian praying that God was going to save him. I'd just like you to know, if you do wrong, God will still love you. He will come get you. He will protect you. But why would you take advantage of his love, his grace, and his mercy? That's the first thing I wish you'd see. This whole story is a horrible story of a man who knew the great God of heaven. And I will show you in a minute that the Bible is clear he is a saved man. How would you, how could a man, knowing all of that, walk like he did? But the first thing I want you to remember is grace. He didn't lose his salvation. He was still saved. Second thing we should look at, Lot's sin embarrasses him. Lot's sin embarrasses him now two angels have come to his house i'm not sure when he figures out who they are i'm not sure when he knows that they're angels but he's in the house and they they've come into house and before they can get in the bed that night lot lot hears all the guys at the door and he steps out and the guys are saying hey man we see some fresh guys in town we've never known them and we've never done anything with them and this ought to be some nice time to do some wicked stuff and some perverse stuff and lot says brothers well, how bad can you get? Brothers, verse 7, do not so wickedly. He has fallen so low that he offers his virgin daughters to the sodomites. He is so low, he offers his virgin daughters to the sodomites. I have an idea of what it's like to know when your daughter's raped. I cannot imagine a dad so low, so perverse, so filthy, that he would offer his daughters. But look what he says in verse 8. I have two daughters which have not known men. That's a word for carnal 
knowledge for sexual intimacy. He said, let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you and do you to them as is good in your eyes. Don't do anything to these guys, though, that I got in my house. These sodomites are so perverted and wicked, they're not interested in his daughters. They want to sexually abuse men. They think that they mock and make fun of Lot because he thinks he has a right to judge him and tell him anything. And it's the angels that save him. Sodomites want to commit perverted acts so much they didn't stop trying all night long. I just wonder, I want you to see the embarrassment. Here he is in his house. These two men have come. I don't know if he's figured out if they're angels yet, but certainly he's a leader. Certainly he's wealthy. We know that he was wealthy. He was so wealthy he couldn't live with Abraham. And there he is in his house. And maybe he thinks no one will know exactly what's going on. He brings those two men in his house and maybe he has no idea what's going on. And then the sodomites show up and knock on the door and Lot's caught. Lot, you're one of us. Send them out. Third thing that's horrible in the story is Lot loses the respect of his family. He loses the respect of his family. In chapter 19, verse 12, he said, Y'all got any more family here? And Lot had walked with God's man, and Lot had known God in the past, and he had decided to make his own decisions and choose his own direction. And Lot wanted to fit in. He didn't like being a Christian. He didn't like being a round peg in a square hole. He didn't like not fitting in. He wanted the comforts of the world more than he wanted to work on his relationship with God. And he lost his testimony as a man of God. I doubt his family saw him worshiping God. He obviously wasn't making disciples because there weren't even 10 guys in town. He had compromised the world and even become a leader among the sodomites. Apparently, he didn't work and express his love for his family, showing his concern for their spiritual well-being. They knew that he didn't live it even if he talked it. Lot's got daughters that are married living in town, and he lost them. He lost them. They refused to believe him when he needed them most to believe him. I don't know how, you can, how you'd feel, but you know there's imminent danger. You know the whole city is going to be destroyed. And you know that anybody that stays in town is doomed. And he goes to see his sons-in-laws. And he calls his sons-in-laws and says, hey, son-in-laws, listen to me. God's speaking to me. God sent some angels to tell me we're going to be destroyed. The city's destroyed. Come with me and they'll get us out of town. And they looked at him and said, God spoke to you? What? You're hearing from God now? Oh, you're a man of God now? Ha, ha. I don't believe a word of it. They mocked him. Lot has to turn away from his daughter's house, go back to his house to where his two young virgin daughters are, and his wife and his own children don't respect him. That's what sin will do to us. Fourth thing is, that even in the face of discipline God, and God's work in his life, he wants to do life his own way. I wish you'd look with me at chapter 19 and verse 18. And Lot said unto him, Oh, not so, my Lord. God, I mean, if you're going to destroy the city, and if you came from God and you got a plan for my life, stop a minute. That's not what I really want to do. I'm not really pleased with the direction you have for my life. He was told to get out of town and take his wife and daughter so they didn't get consumed with the sin of the place. Even under orders, he lingers. In chapter 19 and verse 16, it says, And while he lingered, did you know Lot is in the city knowing the city is about to be destroyed? And the angels have to grab him by the hand and basically drag him out of town. We're going to destroy this city. Now, come on, buddy. But you can get so comfortable with sin. 
You can get so comfortable with sin and perverse, wicked sin that would take you so low that you would offer your daughters. And now it's time to leave and he has to be drug out of town. He's told to go to the mountain or die, be consumed and hurt in the destruction. He said, don't even stay in the plane, get to the mountain unless you be consumed. And he says, no, wait a minute, God. Can we talk about this? I know you have a plan for my life, and I know you have something you'd like me to do, and I'm even grateful you're going to rescue me, but, Lord, if I found 1919, if I found grace in your sight, and you and you have magnified your mercy, and you showed unto me, and you're saving my life, but I can't go to a mountain. I mean, God, wait a minute. If I do that, evil might take me, and I might die. I've been living in the middle of Sodom and Gomorrah where guys will be blinded and spend the whole night trying to break in the house. <laughs> I've been living right here in the middle of perversion city where men want to do wicked so bad that they will spend the night blinded trying to get into my house. But God, you don't know how to take care of me. He said, there's a city on the way, God, and it's a little one. It's a little one. God, let me go there and I'll be a happy guy and I shall live. Chapter 19 and verse 20. So sinful, so wicked that he still wants to do life his own way. Do you know what leads us down the wrong path and what messes up our life? Self-will. Wanting to do my thing, my way. We ought to surrender and not try to make deals with God. Because he just might give you what you want. And let you deal with the consequences. Did you know that God answers prayer sometimes when it's not the best thing for us? When they wanted to consume it on their own lust and they wanted quail to eat, God said, all right. That's what you want. You ask and I'll give it to you. But it's going to come out your noses. Lot says, don't send me to the plant. Don't send me to the mountain. But he finally goes to the mountain, but then he hides in a cave. And in that cave, in just a few Hours or days, his young daughters will get him drunk and do the unthinkable with him and have children by their daddy. God answers prayer. He's kind to give us what we want. But can I remind you that real prayer is learning to ask him what he wants more than seeking what you want. Real prayer is more finding out what God wants from us and what God wants to do in our life than it is about doing what we want to do. Lots all wrong here. Real prayer is asking Him for wisdom instead of doing my own thinking. Consider what your thinking has done for you. Look where it's gotten you so far. Look what your thinking has done for you. Look what your way of doing things has done for you. Lot, you're in Sodom and Gomorrah. And there aren't even ten righteous people in the whole city. And your own son-in-laws don't respect you. And, and your, your daughters don't respect you. And the fact, the fact is, you're going to even lose your wife before the story is over a lot. Maybe it's time to quit thinking and start obeying. Maybe it's time to quit praying for God to change His will and for you to change your will. Chapter 19 and verse 27. What a contrast. I want you to think about Lot and Abraham. In chapter 19 and verse 27, Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. What a sentence. 
a whole message could be preached there. He got up early and he went to the place where he stood before the Lord. You see, Abraham has a habit of seeking God. Don't forget in chapter 18, he's already been praying. In chapter 18, he's done business with God. And now it's chapter 19 and he's back. He's waiting on God to see what he's going to do. God and Abraham have a special friendship that makes a difference. In chapter 19 and verse 29, God remembers Abraham. Could I just say to you, I'd like God to remember me directly. I'd like me to be able to pray to God and say, God, I need help. I'm yours. I'd like to know i still got an open line of communication. I'd still like to be in, in touch with him. Lot loses everything that he has. His wife so much wants to be in Sodom that she turns back and turns to a pillar of salt in chapter 19 and verse 26. Lot's married daughters and their families have died in the fire. All of his possessions are gone. He only has what's on his back and possibly whatever he could carry out. And he's living in fear, hiding in a cave. His life is pretty much ruined. But sin will still keep carrying him down. In chapter 19, verse 31, the older sister talks to the younger sister and says, Our dad's an old guy. And there's not a man in the earth that will come into us after the manner of the earth. Nobody's wanting to marry us. and Nobody wants to have children with us. Let's get our dad to drink wine. Let's make our father drink the wine. And he did, and he got drunk. And they lay with him, and he did it again the very next night, and he didn't know it either time. His daughters fear that no man will ever want to know them. They get their dad drunk and sleep with him. Children will be born to him that will cause trouble for God's people throughout history. Lot got drunk. Now, you won't like this. Some of you won't like what I'm about to say. But just how do you get a guy drunk who doesn't drink alcohol? How do you get a guy drunk that doesn't drink alcohol? He apparently had the custom of enjoying his alcohol. I'm sure he thought he could handle it like most everybody does. But he got so drunk he didn't even know what he was doing. He got so drunk that when his daughters got up and left, he didn't know what he had done. He got so drunk that they were able to pull it off two days in a row. I'll just say to you real quickly, this is the second time alcohol is mentioned in our Bible. First time we saw it, Noah got drunk. And he got embarrassed and he got naked. And his son saw him and mocked and whatever happened there. And his other two sons took a blanket and held it on their shoulders and walked backwards and threw it over their dad. Now we get the second mention. By the way, in the Bible, whenever you want to know how God feels about something, just read the story and read it in order. He's got a book put together for you. The first time alcohol is mentioned, not a pleasant story. And the second time it's mentioned now, not a pleasant story. Not a pleasant story. The Lot's daughters and entire family is affected by his drinking. I know this isn't popular and I know you don't want to hear this. But that alcohol is a dangerous thing to play with. It bites and stings. It mocks people. And you might think, I can handle it and I can control it. I'm sure Lot thought that. I'm sure Noah thought that. I'd just be real careful. Because I'm a Bible student, and I've been reading my Bible, and I'm up to Genesis 19 now, and I'm down two stories. 
And not one of them's positive yet. Not one of them's positive. Not one of them's saying, go baby, let's get us a bud. Not one of them's got the idea, hey, a little, a little wine will cheer your heart. So far, we're not seeing that, are we? Last thing. I'll take the next few minutes to show you this. Sin destroys a Christian home. And I'm just going to rehearse all of it again with you. Lot was a saved man, even though there's not one shred of evidence in the whole story. If you read your Old Testament version of Lot's life, you will not have one indication this man's saved. You'll know he ran around with a saved man. you know he ran around with Abraham. you know he was greatly blessed because he was with Abraham. you know he got very rich. Then you'll find out that one day he decides to just mistreat Abraham and take the best-looking land for himself. And Abraham goes the other way and Lot heads towards Sodom and Gomorrah. And if you know any Bible at all, Sodom is like the most wicked and vile city in the Bible. It's so wicked that God will destroy it and Lot heads that way. But when I get to the New Testament, I find out Lot was a righteous man. Look at 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 6 with me. Because I want you to know this could happen to your house. I want you to know this could happen in your home. Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 6, the Bible says, In turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that should after live ungodly. Don't think you sin and get away with it. Don't think, Sodom, that you can pull that without eventually God bringing some judgment. Verse 7, hold on. You're going to have a hard time believing this. But this is Holy Spirit-inspired words, and it says, And he delivered just Lot. That's the word for righteous, just Lot, who was vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Now listen to this. Hey, look here a second. Watch this. You saw the story. You read the story with me. When God looked down from heaven, he said, That's one of my guys. He's born again. He's now he's not born again, Old Testament, but he's a Christian. He's an Old Testament saint, and he's he's one of my guys. He's just Lot, and not only that, when sin's going on all around him, it's tearing him up. I mean, he's eating alive inside. He's like, I hate this sin. I hate sin. I mean, I hate the way people are doing stuff. I'm really vexed with it. The filthy manner of living of the way of the wicked. I mean, it really bothers me. Verse eight. For that, that righteous man, righteous, he was just in seven and he's righteous in eight, dwelling among them. And he saw him and he heard him and it vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. I don't know what he said at night when he got into bed. I don't know if he said anything to his wife or I don't know if he internalized it all. But this guy was eat up with all the wickedness that was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. Verse 9. What a verse. In 2 Peter chapter 2, in verse 9, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. When there's trust, when there's tribulation and trial and horrible affliction coming over a city, God knows how to get the godly. He's talking about Lot. He's talking about Lot. It's the context. And he reserved the unjust on the day of judgment to be punished. This story should help you examine your life and decide that you will live a holy life and give a godly example to your home. This is a horrible story. And it was written to teach us a lesson. We don't have to talk about a TV show. 
We don't have to talk about something theoretically. God opened the pages of the Bible and says, look, and let me show you a family, and let me show you what happens when you're saved and do wrong. God does love you. Your relationship with Him is not performance-based. Your relationship with Him is not performance-based. Or He wouldn't be just righteous, godly lot. He'd be saved and lost lot. But that's not what happened. It's not performance-based. But your blessings and happiness in many ways are performance-based. You see, when you don't do right, you bring on yourself the consequences of your stupidity. He will not forget you. He will not leave you. But He will allow you to suffer the consequences of your stupidity. If you choose to not honor Him and to not live out who you are, then you will not enjoy all that He has for you. By the end of chapter 19, Lot is poverty-stricken, but Abraham is still living the blessed life. You should never choose to sin so that grace may abound. After Lot has moved into the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, sitting in the gate, which was an indication of being a leader in the city, offering to give his daughters to the Sodomites, God still chooses to rescue him. But grace should never be used as a license to sin or an excuse to ignore him. Are you ready? Unrepented sin will always catch up with us. Unrepented sin will always catch up with us. It will embarrass us. You will get called out on it. You won't lose your salvation. You will go to heaven. He will come get you before He destroys the city. But if anybody, if a man has anything, he's got a little bit of pride. And when those guys came into his house, I'm sure Lot wanted to say, I'm a man. I'm a man of God. You wouldn't be at my house. You didn't know I was a man of God. And all of a sudden, the door gets knocked on. And the angels have to rescue him. Sin showed up. And sin embarrassed you. If you say one thing and live another, you may lose the respect of your children. All across America, our churches have no young people. All we have left are the old people. Our kids have grown up and decided Christianity doesn't work and it's not for them. And it's not that God failed or His Word didn't work. I think it's more of a lot. It's not always that, and I'll not say that. But I do know that on my side of this thing, I want to be the right kind of parent. It might not happen in a day. They may have to be adults before they realize it. But you can't be a hypocrite and expect it not to affect your children. You can't love Jesus on Sunday and live like the devil on Saturday. You can't live in Sodom and act like it's okay publicly and expect your kids not to know something doesn't add up, Dad. You talk real spiritual. You talk really like loving God tonight, but I don't ever see it. Another thing in the story is how stubbornly do you serve God? 
Are you always about getting God to do in your life with you what you want? I think one of the big problems that I face and you face, and by the way, I didn't want to preach this message. I've been dreading this. But I think one of the problems is that we always want to tell God what to do. You know, Lot chose to separate from Abraham. That's a dumb move. He should have, he should have killed some cows. <laughs> he should have got rid of some sheep. He should have said, hey, let's don't worry about it. You can be in charge. He should have done anything besides walk away from Abraham. That's a dumb move. That's a dumb move. Another dumb move was when he put his tent and started heading towards Sodom. Another dumb move, he moved into Sodom. Another dumb move, he became a leader in Sodom and sat in the gate. Another dumb move, when they show up to take him out of the city, by now he's not discipling anybody. He's not even influencing his own children to serve God. And then he says, don't tell me to go to the mountain. <laughs> I don't know who you think you are. Your angels that come from God, and you won't tell me to go to the mountain? You can't protect me. They just did. When the Sodomites were trying to grab him at the door and they would have gotten in, they reached out and grabbed him and pulled him in and blinded the Sodomites. But Lot says, oh, you, 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 you couldn't take care of me. This is what leads to Lot sleeping with his own daughters. It's his own self-will. He had to go to that cave. He couldn't go to the, even to the mountain. He couldn't do what he was told. Lot will be embarrassed and drunk because he chooses what is best for his life. That's the same mistake he made with Abraham and his cattle. Loving sin will cause you to linger there even when you're getting the devil beat out of you. I don't know what's going on with Lot and they have to grab his hand and drag him out and get that. Was he looking around to see which painting he needed to get off the wall? Was he trying to think about opening the safe and grabbing some money? What's, what's gotten into this guy? What's, what, what's going on? But you see, if you love sin, you won't run from sin. You won't flee from sin. You won't resist the devil. It's the same pride and arrogance that causes him to refuse to believe that God can and will protect him. He wants the city, a small city, but he ends up in a cave. Be careful not to pray for things that might end up hurting you and your family. And could I just say here, no telling how many of us have done things and we and we'll say, God, if you'll give me that loan, if you'll give me that, if you'll give me that job, and that job becomes more important than serving God. If you give me that little city, God, and we end up hurting our family. Realize that wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging. And many get fooled by its appeal. It looks nice, doesn't it? And I can hear you right now. Bible doesn't say I can't have a drink. It just says I can't get drunk. I know. Talk to Noah. And talk to Lot. We're two stories in. I know whatever you want to say, but we're two stories in. I'm sure Lot thought that only a little alcohol wouldn't hurt. I'm sure he made excuses for the luxuries he enjoyed. He never thought it would take him that far down the road. It never crossed his mind that sin would take him to where he's going to end up. Never crossed his mind that his daughters would be dead. He might have had three. He had daughters. That's at least two. And sons-in-laws. That's at least two. He might have had three. Maybe that's why Abraham quit praying at ten. Because he was sitting there thinking three daughters, three son-in-laws. That's six. 
two daughters that go out with him, that's eight. Him and his wife, that's ten. Maybe that's why. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm just guessing. But old Abraham, just, maybe Abraham just thought, well, there's only a couple of daughters and, daughters and son-in-laws, but maybe he led somebody else to Christ. Maybe disciple somebody. Ten? Anybody got ten? You know, Lot would have never slept with his daughter. He would have never sunk that law that low. But you can't control sin. That reminds you, Romans and Genesis seem like they go hand in hand. You do not have to serve sin. Sin has no power over you. Lot was not impulsively led, dominated, or forced to go to Sodom. And you aren't either. The bottle can't control you. Pornography can't control you. Sin can't control you. In Jesus, you have victory. You have no excuse. Sin has no power over you. You end up in the cave having lost it all because you choose day by day, choice by choice, not to do what you should. It's not a big decision that gets us in trouble. It's a small, everyday decision. You have victory. I want you to go out and live up to who you are and who you are made to be. Now, you listen to what I'm going to tell you. I'm through. I can't believe I did it. It's 7 o'clock. But you watch this. One day, Lot's riding, walking with Abraham. I'm sure hearing about the, the Lord and knowing God and seeing the blessings of God and watching Abraham build, tower, build, build altars. And he makes a decision. It was just one decision. I'll separate myself from the man of God. Then he made another decision. I'll take the well-watered plains. Then he made another decision. I'll cast my tent towards Sodom. Then he made another decision. I'll go into Sodom. Then he made another decision. I'll be a leader in Sodom. And you know, you can't be a leader if they know you're a Christian. I mean, you do need to be a 007 Christian, right? You need to always hide who you are. Don't carry gospel tracts. Don't talk about Jesus. Don't mention the Lord because it doesn't fit with Sodom. Sodom doesn't like that, and you might not get to be recognized. They might not make you the governor, or they might not make you a city councilman. If you talk about Jesus, if you talk about the Lord, if you even say something like, I'm kind of vexed with this filthy conversation of the wicked, it probably wouldn't make you any friends in town. But I'll tell you this, we have victory. And Genesis 19 is not just an interesting story where God writes down Lot's story to embarrass him. God wrote down Lot's story to remind me of what can happen. When a good man, a just man, a righteous man, a godly man loses it all because he plays with sin. He plays with sin. You cannot honestly say I've tried to pick on any of you. I've simply told a Bible story. I've made like three runs for the same story. I challenge you to go home and read the story. 
I challenge you to go home and think about it. Think about the beauty of the story. Think about God rescuing Lot. Think about the tragedy of the story. I'm a dad. I have four children, four in-laws, 17 grandkids. And I'll be honest with you. I do not want to destroy my family. I want them to know that the God I profess to love, and they see me talk about Him in public, they know I love Him in private. Now, your kids are going to make their own decisions, okay? Your kids are going to make their own decisions, and sometimes when you're doing right, they'll do wrong. So I'm not talking to, to those of you who are really living it. If, you know, if you're the right dad at home, you're the same man of God in the pulpit that you are at home, amen. But you know if you're playing the game. You know if you're one way in front of God's people and another way somewhere else. You know if you are. You know if you talk one way and walk another way. You know if you are. And I hope you love your family enough to say, I'll not just settle for my salvation. I want to influence my family for Jesus. You have victory. Why don't you go out and live up to who you are made to be? Why don't you trust God to give you great success even in your home? Father in heaven, I love you. Thank you for the chance to serve you. I pray that your people tonight would be blessed and strengthened and encouraged. And I pray, God, that you would help us to be afraid of sin enough that we would turn to you and turn our back on sin. God, I pray you'd help us to never admit that sin has power over us. I pray, God, you'd help us to say no to sin and yes to you. We're not living under the law, but that in no way frees us to play with sin. I pray you'd deal with your people. This message was recorded at Vision Baptist Church in Alfred, Georgia. For more information, log on to www.visionbaptist.com, where you can find our service times, location, contact information, and more audio and video recordings.